This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 51. Today on our show, Gleer's Getta. I can say the key to the perfect Getta patty is patience. You patience, and you, you flip it one time. You put the patty in your pan, medium medium to high heat. You let it cook for five or six minutes, and you watch the bottom of that patty till it starts to brown, and you'll see it starting to get golden brown on the bottom, and you flip it one time. Let the other side cook for a couple of minutes, and it's good. Many transplants and visitors quickly get Cincinnati-style chili sorted, but you are not truly wrapped in the fabric of Cincinnati until you've had Getta. Dan Gleer and Kerry Shaw from Gleer's Getta come to the Hyde Park studio to explain that while Getta is unique to Cincinnati, there are similar products in other towns across America that also have large German populations. We also talk Getta Fest, how the company got started, and how Dan resisted going into the family business at first, and hear what turned him around. Uh, be sure to listen for the promo code at the end of the episode. As always, you can use that to save 20% on your next Cincy shirts or old school shirts order. Our conversation with Dan and Kerry begins with a brief discussion on Kerry's previous career. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Did I hear you did MMA or, mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, yeah I fought professionally for over 15 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like all over, or locally? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I fought... As far as Japan, Vegas, I mean, Hawaii, I fought all, all over. I had a few local ones, but I promoted locally. Like, I, back in 2001, I started promoting events in the Cincinnati area, and I promoted myself over 80 events, and then I helped with 100 other events in different places. Wow. I helped other people do their own events, but yeah, I owned a cage and lights and big projection TVs and the whole bit. In two thousand one, that's got to be like the ground level, right? I yeah, it well, been around that long. No, it's been around. I remember it when I was in like middle school. Yeah, it started in ninety three. Yeah, and really? then and then I started fighting in ninety eight, and by two thousand, we would tra- when when we fought. We had to pay your own travel expenses. You had to pay an entry fee to fight. And then you didn't make anything if you won. You just got to, your hand raised. So we so we would we were driving to Iowa to fight. We were driving all over the place to fight. And I thought, man, why don't we do something here where we can fight? So I just started running shows essentially just to have a place to fight from the local guys. Um, and then it kind of blew up, and I was doing... I was doing big yes, shows Kevin. here in Cincinnati, you know, fifteen hundred people and that kind of thing, and and I did, I've done almost eighty, I think, in the Cincinnati area. So, Do you know okay. Billy Donovan? Oh yeah, yeah. He started years after I started, though. But we for for a long time we were the only show around. I mean, there was. No He's in my thing. fantasy football league. Oh, I've okay. never actually met him, but it's a fantasy football league that was. Uh, Started in memory of a wrestler, a professional wrestler that we were all friends with. Was that uh, 
Pil- Canyon. Pil- oh. Chris Canyon. Chris Canyon. No, it wasn't Pillman. But yeah, I see him posting stuff all the time. Like, I need a... I need a 150 pound guy to fight in Covington on yeah, February yeah. 10th. Yeah. It's so random, and people Jeez. are like, "I'll do it," you know. Man, right. we're not here to talk about MMA today, are we? We no. can though. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. No, I Who knew? It, I hope it comes back up. Yeah. This, is, this is fascinating. We can always do that another day. <laughs> Absolutely. We're here with Gleers Geta today. And uh, we partnered up with Gleers uh, last year, started the conversations earlier in the year, and then, you know, finally got the ball really rolling just before Getafest. And, um, I mean, there's certain things when you talk about Cincinnati cuisine, and I include, obviously, Northern Kentucky in that, that are just synonymous. And it's, you know, chili, pizza, Yep. What else right? do you need? I mean, that's like Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and because and and it's one of those things. Like for me, somebody who travels a lot, when I tell people I'm from Cincinnati, I hear, "Oh, I love Geta as much as I hear any of those other things. So, like, let's just start at the beginning. We're here with Dan Glear Dan mm-hmm. and Carrie Shaw. Um, how did like how did this get started? How where does Geta come from? Well, Tell everybody what first. it is. What came the, first, chili or the Geta? Probably the Geta. Uh, if you go back to Germany, um, it's a peasant food. So the old German housewives made something that would stick to your ribs and used inexpensive materials, uh, trimmings from the hog slaughter, and then uh, they used oats. Uh, in our case, forget it. Uh, if you used cornmeal, uh, that becomes scrapple. Uh, so there's there's different concoctions, different made different ways. The scrapple is more of a Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Again, a German dish that came over and got the, the Germans that came to Pennsylvania brought that uh, recipe, if you will. Uh, there's even a there's even a, a rice dish down in Louisiana, made very much the same way, but it uses rice instead of oats or corn. So it started way back when. Uh, we don't have a definite date, but it uh, precedes probably the 1700s when pork slaughter became a thing. So then when the Germans from Hanover, Westphalia area of Germany came to Cincinnati, they, they came in pockets, you know, um, where they would, the group would settle. And that group settled here in Cincinnati. And, of course, at the time, Cincinnati was a big slaughterhouse. It was, remember, Porkopolis and yeah. the flying pig and all that kind of stuff. Well, that was that era. And, the uh, again, the, the immigrants, uh, they weren't making much money working in the slaughterhouse. But they were able to get some of the, the scraps, if you will, the trimmings. Then took them home and they would make get out of it. And get as a you know pretty pretty sturdy meal, uh, it'll stay with you for a while. And so uh, that developed. Uh, my father's recipe that we use to this day uh, was developed in the uh, 1930s, before World War II, uh, in his family's butcher shop. And he went around to get his particular blend. He went around to his neighborhood and talked to again the German housewives. The, uh, what their recipe was. 
dad said that uh, there was two things that he could make better than his mom, getta and coffee. As he called his he called his mom's get a miserable excuse for a perfectly fine product. <laughs> so, Did he try to get his coffee brand off? Uh, no, I didn't try that one. But uh, you uh, bring that back. He, uh, you know, brought he he then developed what could become a commercial product because most get at the time was almost like a porridge. It was th- it was thinner, and so he wanted a product that would stand up or hold together in a refrigerated meat case. And so that's how he developed it. And then uh, in 1946, he was released from war. He was drafted in the war in 41, I guess, and then uh, served, uh, came back to Cincinnati, and there wasn't room for him in his family's meat business. So he started his own place in Covington. <laughs> there wasn't room in his own family's yeah, well, meat business. Yeah, well, a small butcher shop on Mama Street in Newport, you can't have too many bosses because there's not enough money there. So his brother said, look, his family was already growing and said, look, we, uh, we can't, the two of us can't get a, a, a life of livelihood out of this business. Wow. Uh, so, so he kind of got screwed because he went to war? No, I wouldn't call it that. It was it was not I mean, like, it yeah, wasn't screwed. Back. It was it just realization yeah. of of the economic situation. And so uh the two of them each ran their own business and uh my dad concentrated on sausages and getta in retail stores where my uncle concentrated on the meat business in what was then Newport, Kentucky, so which was all the gambling. Yeah. So yeah. he he supplied all the gambling houses and restaurants uh, in northern Kentucky. Bobby Mackey's. Uh, uh, it was later. well before Bobby Mackey's. <laughs> yeah, but you talk about the Lookout House or Beverly Hills, yeah. uh, Glenn Schmidt's. Uh, you could just go down the list, and he had all of those that he was. So served. all so- kinds of meat, top to bottom, steaks. Yeah, right. Everything for every, once the animal's dead, everything from there on out. So did your dad buy his meat from your Uncle? There was a little back and forth transfer, but not much because there were different segments of the business. Dad would still get swing, what we called swing and mate cattle uh, in quarters, do the boating and all this stuff. Swinging meat? Swinging meat? Uh huh. Because it's hung on a rail. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's chilled in a rail in the cores. And so when you'd go over to the packing house to to pick your the, the pieces of beef that you wanted, you walked the rails and Sometimes you had to push the meat out of the way. Now, how old were you the first time you saw something like that? Twelve. Did it? Was it a shock, or by that time was it family business and you're used no, to seeing? No, like, not shock. I just more curiosity. Being a child and walking into a you yeah, know. more curiosity. You know, you, you uh, dad said you want to go shopping for for me. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. And so I tagged along. Uh, I started working with him when I was twelve years old. Wow. He, everything from there down. Uh, now, the uh, the pork was always brought in cuts, but the uh, uh, beef was bought in swinging meat. And they say working with them. Is that 80 hours a week and uh, child labor laws and all that kind uh, of stuff? We, or is that just we avoided the child couple, labor laws A couple completely. days a week, you know, hang out after school. And, uh, I worked most work? Saturdays, uh, but not after school, because the plant was over in Covington, and we lived in Fort Thomas. So... But Saturdays I worked with him, and then uh, summers, most summers, but he would make sure that I got 
uh, you know, got to go to summer camp and stuff like that. So it wasn't hard labor or anything like yeah, that. Sweeping the chimneys. Uh, or <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, even as a little littler kid, I'd go over to the, dad would put meat in at the smokehouse at night. And so I would go over with him and we'd go down in the basement and light the fire in the bottom of the smokehouse and go like that. So, um, and that was, I can't remember the first time, probably four or five years old when he did that. But 12, I actually started to work. And uh, I've often said that the truth that uh, my dad paid me 30 cents an hour when I started working, and I was worth at least half that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about the history. Uh, you said that ghetto was more of a mushy substance. Yeah. So, so pre-World War II, it's mush, and your dad kind of gets the idea to make it more of a solid... Yeah, and I don't know that he was necessarily the only one. Okay. Uh, but to get it, if you can imagine, kind of a porridge, or, you know... Uh, when we do biscuits and gravy, yeah. you've got the gravy that's got meat in it, but not much. Well, that's the way my perception of that ghetto was, uh -huh. that it was kind of... And in fact, the German word for it, for ghetto, which is Cincinnati's word for ghetto, is a, a corruption of the German word. The German word for that would be Grutzenwurst, Grutzwurst, which means grits or grain and worst sausage. Grutz. Sausage and grits, or sausage and grain. So that's where the corruption comes for Cincinnati's ghetto. <laughs> but it was fairly thin, like I say, a gravy or a porridge. And other than putting it in a jar, you really couldn't sell it that way. So what Dad did was took the, the basic formula taste-wise, and then just increase the meat component and decrease uh -huh. the water component to get a solid block. Sausage. Sausage, like, yeah. yeah. Sausage. So <laughs> what's the ratio of meat to grain, in, uh, roughly? Well, the grain is about a sixth of the, the product. And then by, by regulation, uh, federal regulation, we, we have to have a minimum of 40% meat. Okay. So you see where it comes and before your dad, is, like you said, it was hard to sell it. Was anybody else have the notion to sell it commercially? Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, there were others. Uh, okay. It preceded him in some cases. Um, back in the day when H.H. H. Meyer was uh, a force here in Cincinnati, they made a ghetto. Before that, there were a lot of uh, small butcher shops here in Cincinnati that made their own ghetto. Uh, Finkies over in, in northern Kentucky yeah. make a ghetto that preceded dad but it got to a point at one point where he was making enough getta that he would sell it to many of the retail stores in fact he had signs printed up homemade getta it was glarus getta but it was in another store under homemade so that's where that took off from mm -hmm. But he had his own shop where he was selling his own yes. products. Yes, okay. we were on uh, 439 Pike Street, right across the street from the Anchor Grill. Oh, yeah. Oh, In nice. fact, the Anchor Grill. When did that yeah. place open? 1946. <laughs> oh. Virginia and Mort Chapman and my dad and mom were friends across the street. So, yeah. That place is another They've been slinging ghetto there for... For that long, so you guys, yep. So, at what awesome. age? What age did you realize like you were going into the family business? Was that predetermined pretty no, early? Or? No, I uh, I went to college uh, hoping to become an engineer. 
uh, I was very mechanically inclined and interested in that kind of stuff. So I started out in engineering until the second semester there. I got this book about three inches thick, and it said <laughs> calculus on it. And I said, Dan's not going to be an engineer. <laughs> so I investigated other other avenues of growth and uh, education and settled on going ahead and becoming business administration major. Yeah, I was reading here on the website, it said that uh, you were sent to the Frick Refrigeration School in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and then you attended a class on modern sausage production and evaluation put on by the Meat Science Lab at the University of Kentucky. Wow. Yep. And it's held by the American <laughs> Meat Institute. That sounds like a place I'd like to get a degree from. Yeah. Did you have one? The Meat Institute. <laughs> Mom, I'm failing sausage class. <laughs> I'm coming home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these are all outside of four-year college degrees, of course. Yeah. I just love that there's, like, that level of, you know, the Kentucky Meat Processors <clears throat> Association. I was president of that organization and then combined it with Tennessee. We became the Kentucky-Tennessee Meat Processors Association. Wanting to expand our growth a little bit further than that, we became the Central States Meat Processors. And then, uh, I don't know, 15 years or so ago, that group joined Ohio when we became the Mid-States Meat Association. And uh, oh. been active at the board level on that in just uh, this last Last meeting was elected the president again, so man. So where all can we buy Geta outside of Cincinnati? Cincinnati. That's it. Huh? Well, I mean, I'm sure you've tried. A few other places. Yeah, yeah. We're, it doesn't we're, fly in Chattanooga. Doesn't play in Peoria. We've had this discussion, Kerry. Yeah, you know, right now we're as far south as um, the border of Kentucky, right there to Nashville, Nashville. Tennessee. We're in all the Kroger stores all over Kentucky. We're now in as far east as West Virginia. I know we're in some Aldi stores over there, and we're in the Kroger stores all the way across over in that direction. We are. Uh, be believe, weird that I found this out, but a few years ago, my kids live in Illinois, my, my son and daughter, and my daughter called me and said, hey, your, your sausage is here in the Kroger store in Illinois, and I said, there's no way. I said, we don't do that. Well, come to find out, a distributor who buys from us had started distributing it all over southern Illinois. So we're in all the way to East St. Louis and all the Kroger stores in southern Illinois. Um, and then we're up north past uh, Sydney, uh, probably up close to Toledo, I think, in, in the Kroger stores as well. So we are expanding our market, you know, every day. I mean, the the the, uh, the growth is just really fun to see the way it's the way it's spreading. And you were you and I were talking about the difficulty in cost effectiveness of shipping small amounts of Geta to people who want to buy it online. The the quantity that would make sense financially for you guys, a lot of people don't want necessarily like right. Well, a you pallet or whatever. You, you know, we <laughs> obviously we have tons of of transplants from Cincinnati that retire in Florida and they go to other places, but they still have that love of Geta, and you know it's a. It, it's a difficult thing to ship because it's a meat product and you have to keep it frozen or cold. Um, so it's expensive to do that. You have to have coolers and dry ice and box of packaging and it has to ship and it has a time limit. Um, so it is hard to get that product out there. But boy, I tell you, the amount of people that are in Florida that call me every week trying to find out a, a way to get our product in their stores <coughs> down there um, you know, might be our next step. I don't know. I'll say, have you ever thought about setting up production 
down south or in another, you know, that wouldn't part do, where you can kind of cut preferably off. Preferably wouldn't do production because there's a lot of capital equipment involved. Probably cost you a half million dollars just to set up a shop to do that. So, no, not really. But <laughs> I, could, I could make it here and send it down on a truck. if it. If We've even looked at LTL, uh, refrigerated service uh, down there. But then what happens is you get, in our case, a skid is 150 cases or 1,800 pounds of Geta. We could get that there, but then you've got it delivered to a store or a small distributor or something like that, and they have to get it out to people that are not familiar with the product. And the number of people that are in Florida from here and want Geta is not 1,800 pounds in a, give it a time, a month or something like that. So are there other like areas that you can target, though, apart from Florida, where there's like German populations? Or like you were saying, there's different... Yeah, we've, we've gotten calls from um, Texas. There's a German population oh, yeah, yeah. in uh, Texas. San Antonio area. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania, of course. Of course, they, m- many of those folks love Geta, but or love uh, Scrapple, but if they get Geta, they say, this is much better, I'll take it. So what's the difference again between... It's made with scrapple is made with cornmeal, okay. and oftentimes have different all-fowl meats. That's like yeah. livers and hearts and stuff like that, uh, which Geta has as well, or that is homestyle or not homestyle, but regular Geta. But the big difference is the cornmeal, cornmeal versus the oats. Have you ever felt the pressure to? Uh, Make like a vegetarian getta or, you know, or gluten-free or probably any, any of that nonsense. What, maybe <laughs> 20 or 30 calls Sarah's a year. Sarah's got some opinions. Yeah. <laughs> um, getta is a regulated product. We're under USDA inspection, and so we have a, an inspector in our plant every day. Just a getta inspector. Every, no, they do all the, all the whole meat plant. So we fall under that. And... Products that are made under USDA have what they call a standard of identification. If you if you put bologna on the label, you know what you're going to get. It's bologna. If you put a wiener on there, you know exactly what you're going to get. Geta is the same way. It's a regulated product. There is a specific definition by USDA. One of the things it must contain at least 40% meat. Okay. There isn't any vegetarian meat. There is a product, even here in Cincinnati, that is vegetarian. I don't recommend it, but if you wanted it, it's there, and it's called Grota. Uh, Jungle Jim's made it. uh, Not Jungle Jim's. Who was it? Uh, Jumpin' Joe's. Jumpin' Joe. Mm -hmm. Jumpin' Joe made Geta competing with, you know, back in the day, and I'm talking about the 60s. They competed, but when the Wholesome Meat Act of 1967 was passed, it required all all federally inspected and state inspected meat processors to meet the same standard as federal standards. And my understanding was that Jumpin' Joe decided his facility could not meet those requirements. In fact, my dad's facility could not meet it, and that's why we built a new gutta plant, the one that we're in now. So that happened in 67, 68 was when we came under inspection. Um, so, so you've had lots of competitors over the years oh pop yeah. up and try, oh to, yeah. try to go head to head. You get that. And, and some, uh, 
I've got friends and competitors at, at the Bluegrass uh, Company, uh, Bluegrass Provision and Bluegrass Quality Meats, they call themselves now, and they used to make Geta. And I talked with Steve one time, and he, he said, we gave it up. He said, you got the market, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you have that kind of like ownership of the Geta market, does that prevent you from venturing off? I mean, I know you guys have the the Oktoberfest brand sausage. Right. But does that keep you from going out and trying other trying to corner the market on other meats behind the Glare name or are you corner the market might be a stretch. Okay. I mean there's there's a lot of good brats out there. We make the best. Okay. So so there, yes, there's competition, and we go out in the marketplace and compete. But our favored spot is get a market, and we do a really good job of it. Really good job. I think, I mean, I can't think of another <laughs> meat that has its own festival. Spam. I mean, Spam does? Spam. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a taboo word to say around no. here. Spam jam. Is the big festival up in is that Wisconsin? I think I it's think Cudahy, so. Wisconsin. Uh, really? Yeah, but that's the only one that's specific. Did play there one year? <laughs> spam Jam. Yeah. So what's the difference between you and Spam then, or what? I mean, I know they're they're a the difference between apples product, and oranges. Right? It's totally, totally different product. Yeah, they're canned yeah. and. My dad used to make Spam, it, I, and it's funny, like. As a kid, like I just remember seeing it put in front of me, and it's fried in the frying pan form, and yep. I just ate it. And now, as an adult, you know, <laughs> I'm like, "What kind of Vaseline is this sitting in in a can?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, I never questioned it as a kid, or wondered like what I was actually eating. But when the product was created, it was it was shortened from spiced ham. Spam is where that came from. Okay? And you could only preserve meat for a long time, shelf-stable product, by putting it in a can. We can still buy canned hams, Danish canned hams now. But Spam was a product, ham and spices in it. Now, you mentioned the, the gelatin in there. That's actually what's cooked out of your meat. Okay, if you oh, okay. if you cook a ham at, at Christmas time, a whole ham and cook it, you're going to have that runoff, if you will, the drippings from that ham. Well, if you cook the ham in the can, that's still going to come out, and that's what you see. It's not. It's not anything <laughs> ooky gooky to put in there. This is like a seven, like like a like yeah. a thirty five year old question I've had. <laughs> I never thought I would get an answer. Yeah, I've got a better recent question since we're on the subject. How do you properly cook getta? Because when I was researching, kind of do the product descriptions for the shirts and everything, I was kind of looking into it and. And a lot of the articles I saw people outside of town trying it was like they were scared to death because if you don't do it just right, it's it doesn't. Carrie, can I give that one to you? Because man, you just did it this week. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, get is a tough thing to do and do right. You know, you've got 
people talk about their grandma's recipes and how great it was when they were kids and then they try to do their grandma's recipes and they fail miserably because it is difficult you know and we do our get it it's all it's all done by hand the guys um mix it all it cooks for three hours and they stir it constantly the three hours and they stir it and they stir it and they stir it in order to get it done right and if you don't do that you end up you know it's not it, it won't be like your grandma's ghetto that's for sure so it is a tough process to make it to make it happen right and if you do any of those steps wrong the spices or the meat or the stirring or the the cook temperature or the cook time then you end up with with a mess but even once you get it home like just oh preparing. is that what you're talking about when you prepare well, yeah, it yourself yeah but yeah, that's, oh, that's a good point you make too yeah. that people might excited i now that i think about it i think there were recipes out there because they they can't get glitters maybe they're out on the west coast and right to try and make it from scratch but yeah even here it seemed people were kind of like if you don't cook it just right it does gotcha it, yeah. yeah yeah no uh that is that is a big thing that i get questions about and i and i and i know now what you're talking about last week dan but uh um, we get asked that, how do you cook the perfect patty? When I cook it at home, it falls apart, it falls apart. So I made a video last week, which will be going on our social media soon, um, of me taking a roll of getta, slicing it into slices and cooking it in a frying pan and showing how to cook the perfect getta patty. But I can say the key to the perfect getta patty is patience. You patience and you, you flip it one time. You put the patty in your pan, medium medium to high heat. You let it cook for five or six minutes and you watch the bottom of that patty till it starts to brown. And you'll see it starting to get golden brown on the bottom and you flip it one time. Let the other side cook for a couple of minutes and it's good. What people do is they get impatient and they start flipping it over in order to yeah, check yeah, it. Yeah. Then it starts Hold. to fall apart and the next thing they know they got a, they got a pan full of mush. Any oil in the pan is a nonstick pan? You don't, you don't need to put anything in the pan. Okay. You just use a, a regular Teflon pan or you know if you're using an iron iron pan you might want to put a little butter in there or something but you don't need yeah. you don't need to put anything in it and it and it browns up nice, medium to high heat. If it's too hot, you you know your pan's too hot if the oats start popping. If you start uh-huh. getting oats popping in your Delicious. pan, yeah, it'll <laughs> shoot you in the face. You gotta uh, watch out. Yeah, <laughs> but that, then you know it's too hot. Turn your heat down just a little bit so you get that nice steady browning. Um, but the but but I can't stress enough. You just flip it one time. If you flip it more than once, it'll fall apart on you. Uh-huh. Good to know. You heard it here you first. Just take the well, take your spatula and peek under. Yeah. You just lift a little bit so you yep. see if it's getting brown, and it gets brown a little a little crusty. Some people like it. Uh, in fact, we've even got the, the shirt, crispy, soft, you know, the yeah. house divided thing. <laughs> well, some people like it crispy, crispy, crispy. I call it burnt. My wife calls it just perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, wow, even in your house. Yeah, even in my house. Yeah, there's some that like it much more well done than I do. I feel like that's a... That's a uh, a card you can always have in your pocket as like the son of the founder of like <laughs> I think I would know the proper <laughs> yeah. way that this is supposed well, to be. I'll cooked. tell you with all the demonstrations that we've done the, out there with the with our mobile kitchen and feeding in some cases thousands of people at a time. Carrie and his crew working that grill really know how to fix get it because. You do it right, everybody's happy. You do it wrong, you got a mess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys ever uh, send some to like Bobby Flay or 
Emeril Lagasse, some celebrity chef, and see what uh, they could whip up with it? You know, we have had some situations. Uh, there was a big uh, food show in New York that actually contacted us and said, Chopped. you know, we've heard about this this product, and we want some of our chefs to take a look at it, and they loved it. I mean, it, it, um, who's the Jean Robert, Jean Robert in Cincinnati? Here in Cincinnati. He, he was doing a, a Getta Burgers at his restaurant. I mean, they, they love the product, the taste, the uniqueness of 50 it. 50 bucks a Just pop or really really um it, you know excites a chef because there's so much they can do with it the versa so versatile that they can use it in so many different ways somebody makes a get a big boys we had mm-hmm. an oktoberfest yeah 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 they do yeah. they do a, a get a big boy yeah recommended if you can find it whoever it is they're very tasty <laughs> get a balls what else uh yeah, like what else can you do with oh, yeah. the, the meat when get you get it home dog. other than just cut it up and well, fry it? Well, up. what's cool about it is you can use it anywhere you would use a ground meat. So if tacos, you're making tacos, spaghetti, spaghetti really? I make hamburger Spaghetta. helper for my kids Spaghetta. with it, and they love it. It's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right there the whole time. Yeah. Spaghetti, yeah. right in front of us. You know, we, we do nachos with it all the time at events. People love the getta nachos, but but it's it's so simple. You brown it like you would a ground any ground beef or ground pork or any of that, and then you just add it in place of that in your recipe. Cheese conies. Absolutely, we have that at getta fest. Get fest. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So how did get that? No. That was one of the the uh, contests. Was get a conies? How many can you eat? Uh, I, <laughs> I'd like to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So how did get a fest come to be? Like when did when did that idea? You know, like <laughs> we started now going on nineteen years, over eighteen years ago, and it was kind of a an idea to connect more directly with our customers. And so we held it over at Mainstraus Village. We were thinking, oh boy, we'll put some signs out and we'll announce it within the village about Get-A-Fest. And uh, started with uh, expectations of maybe 3,000 people showed up. It was a one-day event. Thank goodness there was rain in the middle of the afternoon because we had over 5,000 people come in. Wow. So 5,000 for a first event, and uh, it has grown, I, I won't say exponentially, but surely the slope has always been up, up a lot. What are you averaging now? Do you, I mean, you probably know that, Carrie. Yeah, we... Uh, w- the past couple of years, we've done over 200,000 people on a four-day weekend. It's a four-day weekend now. Wow. Um, you know, we I think we're the largest or the third largest um, festival in the whole greater Cincinnati area behind, obviously, Taste of Cincinnati and Oktoberfest Cincinnati. Wow. Yeah. It's That's a, incredible. It's yeah. It gets, uh, in fact, we were just looking at this past week. was a, a picture taken from one of the bridges down uh, down. The way, because we're on the levee, of course, we're actually at the festival park in front of the levee, and it's just wall to wall people from all from one bridge all the way to the next bridge. It's solid people. Wow, and that was Friday afternoon. Friday, yeah, yeah Friday, Friday afternoon. Friday, Friday afternoon <clears throat> so, what what else can people find at Get a Fest when they when they come? It is a it's a true festival, and Garrett, Carrie, maybe you better hit this one. Sure, you, you hit the ways and go on from there. <laughs> well, well, you know, obviously it's Geta Fest, so our main focus is Geta. We want to share our love of Geta, you know, to the people out there, and thank 
our GATA customers for, you know, being customers. So, you know, first and foremost is all of our vendors have to come up with unique ways of preparing GATA. So there's no repeats. They got different stuff. They come up with new stuff each year that you can come in and try. Um, so that's first and foremost. And then we get questions all year long about GATA, about the history of GATA, about what is it, about what goes into it. So we have activations throughout the event, like our history booth, that you can come in and you can see all about the history of Geta. You know, we have a TV that runs with some, um, a lot of good footage about the history of Geta, about Geta Fest, about what we do. Um, we have a map where you can uh, place a pin as to where you're from or where you traveled from to come to, come to Geta Fest, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool because uh, I th we hit every all 50 states. All you know, 50 states yeah. this past year, all 50 is for the third year in a row, we've had all 50 states. Oh, at and one festival. At one festival. Wow. And over a hundred countries around the world. Wow. And it's self-reported. So, you know, the guy that ha, 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 and puts a pin out in the middle of Siberia, I'm not counting him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but all over, even to the point where one year I saw a couple put in uh, pins in Kiev, Russia. And I said, Really? Yes, they were exchange students at the University of Cincinnati, and the Cincinnati friends brought them to Geta Fest. Wow. So the, there's a lot of legitimacy to Is that. Is there like a big, big <clears throat> pocket of pins in, in the Germany part of the map? You ever get people no, from it, Germany? Yes, over? we do. Yeah, we do. But again, it's mostly people traveling through uh, or coming for a specific reason. Some even two years ago now, we had a huge influx from St. Louis. The Reds were playing St. Louis that weekend, oh. <laughs> and so we got lots of pins from that. <laughs> Is it still a big thing in Germany? I mean, I, I reckon it would be, right, because that's where it came from, or no? Recognize that Germany has lots of different kinds of sausages. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is just one type of sausage and it came from one pocketed area up in the uh -huh. hanover westphalia area there are other lots of other sausages so is it a big thing probably not and it wouldn't be known as getta in germany oh yeah oh, it's yeah, not you're saying you could go to germany and you ask for getta and they have no clue what you're talking about but then if you describe it oh yeah grutzwurst yeah so remember, so, you're traveling, folks. <laughs> yeah. Go, going back to, to the, the Get yeah, Fest so, event. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, we have, we have a, um, a wall of, of press where you can read about our history and about things that we've been in the press about. So uh, people can find out about, with, you know, new products that we've developed and new things that have happened and, and uh, the awards that we've won and things that we've done. So um, it answers a lot of those questions that people have about Keta. Um, so we try to uh, make everything revolve around Geta. We have a bunch of games and stuff for the kids, and as much as we can, we make them Geta-related games. There's the Geta Toss. There's the the um, Geta. Yeah, Mr. Geta Hop. You know, we just kind of relate everything back to Geta. Um, and what's cool about our games and stuff that we have there is all the proceeds of that goes to charities. You know, we work with the Dragonfly Foundation. They come in and run our kids' game tent. All the proceeds go back to them. They're all the of best. our all of our individual games throughout. We have different groups like the Milford uh, volleyball team comes in and they raise money for their volleyball team. Mm -hmm. um, we have different groups each year that come in and they run these games, and all those proceeds go back to the charity. Um, so that's a neat aspect of it. So um, and, and we try to we try to keep those. Um, 
to where people can play them. We have a lot of games that are a buck, so you know, the kids, you know, families that don't have as much money can come in, and the kids can still play and win something fun. Now you were talking about the you have people cook different dishes with Geta, and you know, what are some like things that did really well that you're surprised about? Or are there any that were like epic fails of like this is this is just not something Geta should be a part of? Or? Well things that you might think would be an epic fail but weren't was the Geta Sushi. We had it for years and people loved it. And uh, How's that work? Yeah, <laughs> is that raw Geta? Well, no, it's not raw. It's still cooked, <laughs> but it's still the rolled rice and, you know, everything else that you would have in sushi but replace the fish with Geta. And it was really good. I mean, um, but it, it, you, you'd just be surprised the at the roll. versatility. <laughs> you know, something as simple as mac and cheese is a huge hit. Um, you mentioned the Geta Big Mac. You replace yeah, yeah. the two burger patties with Geta patties, yeah. and you have an amazing sandwich that's got such a unique texture and flavor that it's just so different. We uh, Geta Mac and Cheese, I think, is probably the biggest hit. Maybe Geta Balls. Yeah, the but Geta Balls are, are very makes, well known. It's just five gallons, five gallons, five gallons all day long for four days. He's making Geta Mac and Cheese. Wow. Uh, Do you taste test everything before? They they have to come in and meet with us and bring us all their ideas and we get to taste them. So there was nothing that somebody brought in and you were like, I don't think this is... Well, that's happened. We've tasted something and said, you know, we love your concept, work on the recipe and come back, and then they do, and then ends up being a great item. Um, But we want to be represented well. We want when you come that you're going to get a good quality, a delicious product um, from our festival. So we definitely like to keep an eye on and reasonable price. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We, we set a limit. Yeah, we uh, we in the past have had everything capped at six dollars. Um, so you can try three, four, five things, and it doesn't break the bank. And then this past year, I've allowed a seven dollar item. So our vendors can get a little creative and come up with a little better new item and I'm allowing them to do it at seven bucks so you get a little more value and it's new and then people can try something different. And that extra so, dollar for them is the difference between like trying something like Absolutely. Like it, it, can, it can mean a lot. It can mean a lot with with them to where uh, they can do something exciting and new and, and fun and a little more value. And how many different vendors are there then? So how many different kinds of get a recipes potentially can you try we had 13 last year and they have anywhere from three to four um items a piece so we had we ended up having over 40 different getta items last year and there's other things as well that you can eat um while you're there but the getta obviously is the focus we still we still have regular hamburgers and we still have brats and we still have hot dogs and we still have you know other things that fit the menu Carrie's established uh, the three, two, one idea concept. Yeah, they can do they can do three um, getta getta items, or they need they have to do three getta items, and then they can do two non getta if they choose, and they can do one dessert, like French fries or mm-hmm. okay, and then and then eat, but they can't repeat those either, so you can't get French fries at two different booths. Uh-huh. Everything's unique, and then okay. um, and then now I allow them. A fourth get item every year, as long as it's a new item, they can't repeat anything they've already they've already done. So we get that new stuff yes. coming in every year. Not that you're going to try everything forty different items while you're there in a weekend anyway. And most of the people that come, they look forward to coming back next year to have the same thing they had the year before because it was so delicious that they want to try it again. So they can so. repeat from year to year. You just mean two booths can't have the same. That's correct. Correct. No two okay. booths can serve the same item. So, is there a get a dessert? Is, has someone developed a, 
Yeah, get a few. Just, we have get a brownies. We have, uh, they call them get a goobers, which are little chocolate um, balls with goober in them. Or get with a uh, get a <laughs> yeah, anyway. um, <laughs> we have uh, we, we have one vendor that, that does a donut yeah. sandwich. It's a glazed donut with a get a patty, bacon, uh, lettuce, tomato, cheese, or something with another donut on top as the bun. So, and that's a hit, but man, man they're delicious. <laughs> Uh, Only one for a family of four, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, oh, they are filling. Gosh. That's for sure. They are filling. Um, but yeah, we get we get some good uh, get a dessert items. Uh, that, that are pretty, yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, we've had a get a chocolate topping for ice cream in the past that uh, Graders did for us. That was really good. Yeah, can you get it on your pizza at La Rosa's or anything like that? Not La Rosa's yet, but okay, you can get sorry. it on a lot of other pizza places. <laughs> sure, uh, Trotta's does it. Pasquale's, um, um, there, there's a handful of them that are doing it on their pizzas. Riverside Pizza in, in Covington. Um, you know, we're working with some of the larger pizza companies to get a product for them that works well and and meets their needs and order. Um, it's hard for a pizza place because you have to brown it first before you can put it on your pizza. So the, when they, you know, you call and order a pizza from Domino's and they got to brown this ghetto before they can put it on your pizza, it, it's just a step that's hard for them. So we're mm -hmm. working on that um, to, to provide a product for them that works well and they can put on their pizzas quickly and get them out the door. Right. Well, you guys are in Covington. Why don't you work with Braxton and get a, get a beer? Yeah. Well, uh, well, I've talked to Josh about that. Yeah, uh, there, there has been discussion of a get a beer, and that's something that may we may see at Get a Fest this coming Ooh. year. Oh, yeah. smile yeah. over there, Kerry. We may see that. Or what about? I'll ask you the same question I asked Holtman's. So we're we're fair and balanced here with uh, the uh, uh, all the the popular the legalization of uh, marijuana in more states. Is there ever going to be get a edibles? Gettables. Gettables. <laughs> <laughs> is that something they taught you at the <laughs> academy? I, I don't think we go there. You gotta yeah. keep up with the times, right? Yeah, I don't know that that's a market that we're looking at at this time. It's edible enough as it is, <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. So, Carrie, how did you come to be working for Gleers? We said at the beginning we were taught you used to do MMA, but how does that? How you go from that to winding up with? Well. I'll tell you a story, and I don't know if Dan's ever heard this story, but um, uh, a, a roommate of mine at the time was a recruiter for Aerotech, and one of their accounts was Gleers. And uh, he he came home and he said, hey, I've got this, you know, this company, they're looking to hire an event coordinator, and with all the events that you've done, you'd be a perfect fit. And I said, well, I'm not looking for a job. I have my own company. He goes, well, listen, I've got a, a quota. I have to send them so many people uh, to meet my, my requirements. Well, you just go on the interview. You're not going to get it. They're going to hire some young, you know, you know, marketing, you know, person and it's, you're not going to get it. And, uh, I said, fine, I'll go for you. I'll go for you. So I went and, uh, had the interview and it's pretty interesting. It was, it was I'll, I'll tell you more about that later, but, uh, um, a week or so later, he calls me and he says, hey, you got that job. And I go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I wasn't supposed to get a job. And he goes, no, you got it. And I'm like, man, I don't know that I'm ready for this. I've had my own business for 10 years, and now I'm going to go work for somebody else. So I put a lot of thought into this, and I said, okay, I'll do it. Because the idea of running this Geta Festival, to me, sounded awesome. I'm like, this is something that I'd really like to do at least once. I said, I'll do it for a year, run a festival. If I don't like it, I'll move on. 
and it was the best decision I ever made. I mean, I, it, it's been such an experience, uh, you know, working for Glears and being able to, to be a part of these festivals and a part of this product and the marketing and the things that all come with it that I, w I just wouldn't trade it And for how long have you been there? This will be my ninth Get a Fest. Wow. Yeah, my nine years. Mm -hmm. So what about the interview? Let's hear that story. Well, <laughs> so David Clear, who's our vice president, he interviewed me. And when I, wa when I left the interview, I called, you know, my, my friend and I said, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I said, the stuff these people believe about this ghetto, they're crazy. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? I said, he's telling me that. They do these parades and people line up and cheer for them as they come down the road. And I said, and he's telling me that all these people come to this festival and and that they can't go anywhere without somebody telling them about ghetto. You know, if they if they've got a, a glear shirt on, people stop them to tell them about ghetto. I said, they're I think they're nuts. And uh, and uh, so you know, I ended up taking the job. And as the time went on, I realized this is something special. I, like I've never seen anything like this. I can't walk into the grocery store after work wearing my glitter shirt without somebody stopping me to tell me a story. They want to tell me about, you know, the first time they had Geta or about Geta Fest or Grandma's about their kids. Getta. It is. It's bizarre. The love that Cincinnati has for this product. Um, you know, we these we do these parades and and you know we hand out rolls of Geta to the people in the parades, but. <laughs> We Just come down. Throw them out. Yeah, we you know we run home. Well, let's we, get a gun. <laughs> well, 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 David Clear rides around on a Segway and he gets the crowd cheering. And whoever, whatever side cheers the loudest, he goes over and toss them roll again. And and you know when we're coming down the road because the block away the cheers are so loud that you know that Clears is coming down the road. And we have people that make signs and they dress in costumes and they're like so excited about Clears Geta. It's just the neatest thing I've ever seen. And how's David related to you? He's, He's my son. son. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And are you from the area then? Gary? I grew up just south of Chicago, but okay. I've been here 27 years, so I guess I'm from here now. So Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is wild. When we do this parade, it's just... I'm thinking of the Fort Mitchell parade, which is just... They just go crazy. Literally. I mean, we've got people that hold up a basketball goal. <laughs> and it says, put, put Geta here. Yeah. You know? and, uh, we'll work for Geta. You know? And it's, it's amazing. Just, yeah, it's just amazing. Well, I can't think of another. Crowd, crowd interaction is I just. I can't think of that. another meet that has its own mascot either. Well, that's true, too. That's true, too. <laughs> Mr. Geta. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Geta. So, how did he come to be? When did you decide it's probably time to have a mascot? We had him for about four or five years now, I think. Oh, maybe more now. Yeah. 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 It just came a conversation one day about, you know, this would be something neat we can do. Um, I went home that night, and David went home that night, and right. not knowing that the other one was doing it, we both came in with designs of what Mr. Geddes should look like. So we're all, like, on board. We're like <laughs> They were, other than size, they were almost the yeah, identical, yeah, too. Yeah, very similar. So, um, you know, we sent it off to a mascot company and had a, had a costume designed, and, and that's blown up. Like, we have these little Mr. Geddes plushies now that we, you know, we sell a ton of them, and we give them away. And, and uh, my, my grandson... 
carries Mr. Getter around everywhere he goes, and and he he thinks that every day when I go to work, I'm going to Getter Fest. So he'll say, <laughs> "Are you going to Getter Fest? Will Mr. Getter be there?" You know, like you know. So yeah, but Mr. Getter, that's yep. his, that's his uh, alias yes. like during the day. <laughs> Mr. Getter with Mr. Peanuts, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Getter, like an ESPN commercial. Yeah, yeah. He's just then at night he turns into work. Oh, what a great pairing that would be! You guys should do that for. Him. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. sell those plushies in our stores. You should, yeah, absolutely. Do you uh, do you want to talk about the other events that you run? Because I think it's pretty fascinating that you have all this under your hat. Oh, it's all it, as far as my past, or as the the bourbon and all that stuff. Well, we're we're a part of that, like. Um, so I get to be involved with a lot of different things because of my job. You know, uh, when uh, Bacon, Bourbon, and Brew um, came about as an idea, um, I said, well, we got to be a part of this festival. How, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, um, that's when Bacon Ghetto was born. We said, well, we got to, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to do something here to be a big part of it. So we stepped I love, in. I wish you could yeah. see his smile <laughs> on Dad's <laughs> face right now. We He's come in and ear to ear. ear. <laughs> Can get at him going. What? <laughs> what? What are we doing this for? It turns out it, my son is a millennial, and he his friends poke fun occasionally, as they do, and he said, "Can you make and put Geta in bacon?" I'm thinking, slice the bacon apart and push some Geta in. I don't know how that's going to work in the skillet, you know. But I said, no, but we could make bacon part of Geta. So that's how Bacon Geta was born. And we took it home, and my, my wife's a home economist, and she probably made a half a dozen different ratios and concoctions and stuff like that. And that's how we got Bacon Geta. And it went to the yeah. Bacon Bourbon and Brew Fest. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, we, we did it. Um, you know, at that festival, be a part of it. It was such a big hit that we went retail with it, and, and it's been selling at Kroger ever since. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. And now that event is getting going on its fourth year, I think, mm -hmm. now. And it's mm -hmm. a huge success here in Cincinnati now. It's a great event, and we're a big part of it. We've got our booth with... Uh, we do gutta sliders, and we do, or we do a bacon gutta sliders. We last year we did what bacon wrapped um, yeah. um, gutta bites. Uh, we just did a whole bunch of different things. We had a bacon brat there last year, so we're we're a big part of that as well. Yeah. Um, you guys didn't bring any of this stuff today. To just <laughs> the transportation just killed us. <laughs> you can throw it out at festivals to people yeah, on the street, yeah. but you can't drive some to Hyde Park. I understand. So how many different types of bacon are or, or get yeah. are there now? I mean, I was what, just what, looking on their site. I see original hot turkey slab mini slab. Get a bun links, get a patties, and bacon get a. That's a start. That's a start. Yeah, yeah. Bake, get a bites, of course, is one of the newest ones. Sliders is a new one. And we've got get a burgers, which is it's the same, same formula, just put together differently so it doesn't fall apart. So you can take get a burgers and put them on a grill, and they won't fall through the grill. But flip them once. Uh, still, <laughs> those are a little different. Those yeah. are a little different. They're They're tough. With you can yeah, take, they don't you fall can take them with tongs, and you yeah. can actually shake them, and it won't fall apart. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with the get a dog. Okay, we can't call it a hot dog. We can't call it a brat. We call it a get it. 
bundling. So, but they're they're the same way that normal gutta. If you put it in a casing like that, would ooze itself out at the end of the casing. This is a different formulation, a different assembly. Uh-huh. Okay, so we put that in there in those casings, and they can go on the grill, and they don't they don't fall apart. So there's a little different method there. Uh, and bites are made the same way, make out of the same stuff. So that the the product sticks together as traditional getta falls apart. So you see the mini slabs on there, the one pound rolls are all of traditional uh, getta. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like the mini slab, of course, on rye with sauerkraut. Right? Is that what I'm looking at right now? Yeah. <laughs> and what are those hush puppies? Uh, those are probably getta, getta balls. Are those getta balls? Uh-huh. So you guys have a room of scientists thinking up new ideas? Big, big kitchen? Well, figuring out how to keep that casing from losing out? Well... First of all, we're sausage makers. So when we put things together, we have an expectation of what's going to happen. Okay, so when we... we I don't want to use reformulated, but when we remanufactured Geta to stay together, that's a, that's a skill. It's a sausage maker skill. Two different families of product, if you will. Uh, and do we have a whole staff? Mm, David has gone to school... I've gone to school, uh, our sausage maker has gone to school to learn how to do these kinds of things. And so by the time we put it all together, plus, like I said, my wife's a home economist, so she knows food science very, very well. So when you come up with a new product, does it, do you have like an agreement with Kroger or somewhere that it's just going to go in there? Do you have to prove it somewhere else first? Where can people get, like, if you have something new that maybe isn't in Kroger yet, do they get it directly from you? Do you have a through store? The distributor, through okay. a distributor. Most, especially Kroger, because they are so big. Yeah. You know, they're, they're huge. They're the giant. Of the, the biggest. The gorilla yeah. in the marketplace, if you will. Uh, so if we've got a new concept, like we did with Bacon Getta, uh, we took that to their buyers uh, before... We made bacon getta for bacon bourbon and brew, but we didn't make a retail package of it. So when we took it to Kroger's and said, here's the concept, is that something you think will go? After some negotiations, yeah, we'll give it a try. But you're in, you, you, you get that shelf space, and that's very, very valuable at the retail level is how much shelf space you get. So they said, well, maybe we'll take the turkey getta and slide this in with it. So you've got two products that that's, uh, occupy the same retail space. And it's gone well enough that they've uh, allowed us to keep it in there. Yeah. They didn't discontinue the turkey. They're just like, oh, no, that no, no, out no. The turkey actually, in. the turkey's a pretty good seller. Uh, if anything, in fact, they have recently said that bacon get is not going in this group of stores, so we're going to take it out. You have to go to these stores to get it. It's usually the superstores that can still carry it. New concept of getta, yeah. You, we shop it over there first and get the. the I don't say the approval, but the understanding with the meat marketing managers of where's this going to fit, things like that. That has to come, pretty much has to come first. So what's next? What's what's next? What's your pie-in-the-sky vision simply, for... Simply sliced. simply sliced. Yeah, simply sliced. We're taking our 
rolls of getta, uh, and we stuff it in great big long tubes, and pre-slice it. We've always wanted to do pre-brown, but that's just not in the cards. So we pre-slice it, and then we package it so that it's an individual sliced packaged. So you can get, you buy 12 of them in a, a pound and a two ounces, pound and two ounce box. And then if you want one, you just tear off the one and open the vacuum package for one. Oh, nice. Or two, or whatever you want. You know. What is the shelf life on one tube once you open it? Open it, we recommend two weeks. Okay. Because it's going to start. Unless you really seal it up on the end, it's going to start to dry out. And if it starts to dry out too much, it falls away from the casing, and that exposes it to bacteria. So you want to... That's longer than I thought it might be. Yeah. It's, it's about unopened. It's, uh, we get, give you four months from the time of manufacture to the time of consumption. It lasts much longer than that, but we don't want anything out there that long. Uh, yeah. So you guys are testing different sealing packages? and No, we've got that developed. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Got locked and loaded, huh? We're not quite there. We'll probably be. <laughs> uh, we're uh, a month and a half till we'll have packages on the store. So I got my single serve coffee, my single serve getta, getta exactly. single serve egg, <laughs> right there. That's. And then, is there anything awesome. that you'd like to do that you aren't currently developing yet? That's like a one day. I think our one days are being out in a broader marketing area. Yeah, it's uh, that's our goal is to have get on the shelves in California. We, we would we hope that everybody in Cincinnati, and we know this is not true because we hear it frequently. We hope that everybody in Cincinnati has at least heard and tried Geta, and we've still got some room to get people to try it. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me that somebody has not even tried it yet. Yeah, yeah. Every event we do where we're at like a charity event we're sampling everyone at least one person comes up and says i've never had this before and then they try it and now we have a get a customer so why do you think that is they just haven't been exposed to it or does it have like a you know like i don't know what this is so i'm not gonna i'm scared to try it yeah i think if if it wasn't something that their their parents ate then they're not you know, looking for it, so uh, they're not going to order off a menu in a restaurant and spend spend the money for it if they don't know if they like it or not. So the that's the perfect thing for us is the sampling. Um, that's a you know a big way um, you know for us to share the get in for us to market because we go into these new um, these new areas. You know, if we go down into Southern Kentucky and we're at an event and we get so many people that have never heard of it or tried it. And then once they try it, they find out, wow, this is really good. Um, and then that's how we're able to, to market the product. You know, you go in a Kroger and you see a, a, a sausage, a Jimmy Dean pork sausage for two and a half bucks. And then you see a roll of getter for five bucks. If you've never tried it before, you're probably not going to pull the trigger on that. So, but once you've tried it, you're, you're much more apt, you know, to buy in the store. So I think one of the other things that people, no, I don't want that getta. They have tried it, grandma's or somebody's, and it wasn't very good. And so we get a few people. We take second to grandma if she makes good getta, but some people <laughs> don't, and they don't want to try getta. But once they've tried ours, by and large, they'll accept it, and they want they want to try it. We've gone into what we call virgin territory. 
where, like Lexington or Louisville, where people don't know the product, have never heard of it, and we start those samplings. And we get in excess of 95% of the people that go by like the product. Do that's you, amazing. You can't get that done with an Oscar Mayer hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, this is, this might, I'm trying to phrase this question properly with, to, with all due respect, but, <laughs> but Geta, like you're, you're, you guys are Geta. Like Gleers is Geta. Right. Do, and, do people just assume if they're eating Geta, they're eating your product because you're so synonymous with it? You know, like if I, like my kid, I'll give you an example. Like my kid will always say, like, give me a Kleenex, which is a brand of of a tissue, but it's a it's a puffs. Like the brand is puffs, but the, they've cornered the market that it's like they're they're synonymous with that product. Like, unfortunately, that does happen. And as a, a matter of fact, I had uh, somebody on social media just a couple of weeks ago send me a message and say, what are you guys doing? I, I bought your product and it's, it's terrible. I just can't believe that you guys have changed your recipe and it's like this. And I said, I said listen, we'll gladly refund your money. Send me a picture of the package, the UPC, and we'll go ahead and, and refund your money. And they sent me a package that was somebody else's product. So I said, well, there's your mistake. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't even pay attention. It was just Geta. And I said, yeah. 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 See, that's what mistake. I was saying. Like, like, I right. see people right. just like, <laughs> yeah. they just assume like Geta uh-huh. is Gleers. Like, that yeah. I've heard from one restaurant the same thing. Customer was in the restaurant and ordered Geta. This isn't Geta? What is this? What is this stuff you gave me? It looks kind of like Geta, but it's not Geta. Turns out it's a competitor's brand. Yeah. I mean, on a much smaller scale, we have that happen here, too, where it's just like, oh, this is a Cincinnati shirt, so it must be from Cincy shirts. And it's like, that's not ours. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you for your time today and coming in and educating us on so many different levels like this is fascinating to me because i think it is also one of those things that it's just it's gotta like you know what it is or you don't you you love it you know what i mean but you don't know like where did it come from like what's the history of the the company that makes it around here have you ever done an hour-long interview talking (laughs) just getta not in the formal sense, but I've talked an awful lot. Of <laughs> I can't believe an hour's over already. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Hey, if there's more to cover, let's do it. We got yeah. all day. <laughs> so you guys are obviously social media. You were talking about the video that you have coming out and the proper way to cook it. So how can people um, follow along with Gleers on uh, online? Yeah, uh, we're you know we're. If you go to our website, getta.com, there's links to our Facebook and our, our uh, Instagram and stuff there. And, and if you and still don't know, that's G-O-E-T-T-A. That's how you spell getta. Goetta. Goetta. <laughs> Except, as we say, the O is silent until you try it. Oh. Wow. Ah. Dan, you're a... Come on. You've been, you've been keeping that in your pocket this whole time. <laughs> So getta.com, and then there are I see the link to Facebook. Yeah, and, and we're on Instagram, Pinterest, um, Twitter, and then uh, something new we got coming out soon. That's uh, well, it's cool. Pinterest is great for us recipes. because all the recipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so it's a great it's a great tool to share. You know all the different things you can do with Getta. Um, but I, we've been working on something the past uh, few months, and it's coming out soon. It's going to be it's called Where's Geta, and it's going to be on our website. And we get a lot of people that call me and say, "Where can I find this product? I'm looking for Geta bites. I'm looking for baking Geta. I'm looking for this. Where can I find it?" Well, you're going to be able, able to go on our website, 
pick out what product you're looking for, put in the parameters of your neighborhood, and it'll show you where you what can find that product. Are, yeah, that's awesome. Um, it'll also show restaurants that you can buy Geta in. It'll show the sampling events that we're going to be doing at stores, and it'll show the other events that we're involved in, the charity events and that type of stuff uh, that we'll be at. So uh, we're really excited about it's that. A so, massive project. Yeah, He's yeah. leading off on it. Wow. So yeah. it's uh, hopefully within the next few weeks that's going to be available, and we'll we'll put that out on our, all our social media and show people where they can go to find that. And for people who uh, who are interested in having it shipped around the country, you guys do have a, a relationship with Cincy Favorites, right? Correct, and that link can be found on our website as well. Uh, you can go to Cincy Favorites, and you can order our products, and they can ship it to you. Even even the phone number, 1-800-4-GETA. There you go. Forget <laughs> about yeah. it. And, uh, and obviously, uh, if it isn't obvious, hopefully it is, but uh, we have a really cool collection of artwork and stuff that we've developed for, for you guys in partnership with you guys that's available at CincyShirts.com. Last year's Get a Fest was the first time you guys sold some of the designs we created uh, at the festival. Um, but we have a whole bunch of, of really cool Geta designs at CincyShirts.com that uh, everybody should check out. And then um, the other thing we ask our guests to do is provide a word that people will, I think I know what that word is going to be, uh, <laughs> that people will use online or in store to save 20%. And that code will be good from now when this episode comes out until our next episode comes out. So if somebody was going to type in a coupon on our website, what would you like that word to be? Duh. <laughs> Thought so. It's D-U. Scrapple. <laughs> yeah. um, so Geta, are we going with Geta? Or do you want to go with think yeah. 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 Let's, That's fitting. Let's do Geta. So uh, until our next episode comes out, type in Geta, G-O-E-T-T-A, at CincyShirts.com. You'll save 20% on your entire order. Pick up some Glare shirts while you're there. And uh, you can also mention that code at any of our three stores, Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, or Loveland, and uh, you'll save some money there as well. They might give you a weird look at first, but then they'll be like, oh, okay. Say, so I want my get a discount. <laughs> yep. Get a discount. I'd like to get a discount. Get God, a it's discount. just it just writes itself at that point. <laughs> um, get a life. Get, get a, a grip. Unforgettable. Oh, oh, man. God, see we're going to have to do a part two of this episode. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for being with us today. Thank you so much. Real, real fun. We built this city. We built this city on sausage. We built this city. Come on, babe. We built this city on sausage. Rolls. It's not bad, that. It's all right, yeah. My lyrics are epic, aren't they? Stay in tune. If you've never had one and don't recognize the taste, it's a... Dan and Carrie off of Gleer's Getta. That song, by the way, is by a dad blogger in the UK called Lad Baby, and it was the Christmas number one, shockingly, in the UK. Uh, the proceeds go to the food bank near where he lives. Uh, you can find Gleer's Getta at Getta.com. That will lead you to their social media channels. You can find out about Getta Fest and Getta in general there, 
as well. And please plunder the Cincy Shirts podcast archives, of course. Lots of great episodes back there. John Kiesbetter talking about WKRP. Amy Yazbeck uh, from Blue Ash went on to have a career in movies and TV. Talks about that, as well as her late husband, John Ritter. Uh, Dean Gregory from Montgomery Inn, Frank Marzullo, Randy Rico, your old pal Duke Sinatra, uh, Finn Rock, Mo Egger, Cash Wright, Johnny Bench also on the show as well. So they've all been on. Uh, really all the episodes are great. Haunted Cincinnati and Abandoned Cincinnati, though not with famous people, uh, still very interesting and actually some amongst our most downloaded episodes, by the way. If there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email at info at Cincy Shirts and put podcast guest in the subject line so we know where to direct that. Uh, it'll be directed to me, probably. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show as well, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing, who are from Philadelphia. You can find their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage teas from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and Philadelphia, and many more, at OldSchoolShirts.com. We have a lot of defunct teams, old shopping centers, restaurants, and so on, similar to Cincy Shirts. And in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is GETA, all lowercase, uppercase, either works, doesn't matter. Use that to take 20% off your entire order at CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com. You can also use the code in our physical or brick and mortar stores as we call them in OTR, Hyde Park and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a review wherever you get the podcast from and as always download or stream us next time. Bye! I said goodbye